Hey everyone, I'm Christoph. And I'm Emily. And welcome to our podcast, Till Death Do Your Part. We're so excited to share our journey with you as we navigate through all that life has given us in our marriage. That's right, Em. We know when you get married, you say those famous words, Till Death Do Us Part. But what do you do when life hits you and you realize the easiest part was saying those five words at the altar? Our hope with this podcast is to share useful tips and insights that we've gained along the way, both the good and the bad, to help you face anything head-on in your own marriage. And most importantly, our prayer is that we glorify Jesus along the way because, let's face it, we wouldn't be here today without His guidance. So if you're ready to join us on this journey, hit that subscribe button. Let's get started. Welcome to episode (laughs) one titled Baggage. Yeah. We are so excited to be here. And I'm just going to start this before you read it first. Okay. Saying that, you know, yesterday was a hard day, but... We are doing this, and, and the devil it. does not get a hold on this podcast. He is trying. He tried He's all trying. day yesterday, and he has tried <laughs> this morning, and he is because this is not, not easy it. for us. This is so hard. First off, I got social anxiety. I don't want to talk to you guys. I don't want to. I want to. I want to go play video games. I want to sit in my house Fortnite. on my day off. But we were called to do something that that is going to help people. Hopefully, all over this country. I mean, at least on our at least this Metroplex, <laughs> at least this Metroplex, please, Lord. But I want to start off the podcast with sharing a verse. I think it it just speaks to baggage. This is straight from Jesus. Come to me, come to me, all who labor and are heavy with burden, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Um, I wish I knew that as a child. I wish I knew who Jesus was, but um, you know, we'll get we'll get into that. Um, but that verse, it just it spoke volumes to me as I was doing some studying for for this episode because I don't I don't come into things uh, you know empty handed. I like to do some research. Emily, so on the other I hand, she, she wings it. it. We are as different as you could possibly be. Yeah, seriously, like just baggage alone is a lot. But him and I are so different in every aspect don't of our life. Don't get us started on the laundry. Oh, he acts like he's good at laundry. She, she look. I run. I run the laundry like a like a factory. Yeah. You know, we got it. Everything's got its place, and everything. You and know, I run it like a mother who hates laundry. She just said, "Put it all in one pile." Yeah. <laughs> that was God. crazy. It was not crazy. Oh, it was yes, it frustrating, was. but. <laughs> so baggage, baggage is what you. Uh, it's we were talking about this earlier about how like it's we have different sizes and yeah. mine is a carry-on and his is a luggage like full-on overweight i'm like us in orlando airport trying to get trying to get to disney pool. world yes. i got two car seats i got two bags i got yeah. two kids a stroller but that's okay but that's okay but that everyone brings baggage and there is no fault to him for having more baggage than me yeah because it was it, both of our baggage is out of our control Yes, you know sometimes you bring baggage in that it that is your is your doing is is what you've done in your life. Um, but specifically, but us, we're talking us about us is like, a little different because we met at such a young age that I think none of ours is of our control. Yeah, it was we're talking about us as children and like what our parents did because we did meet at thirteen. We we didn't get to have like that. I say get to have. We didn't have. That in, dating yeah, phase. Yeah, like the dating like phase was, and all that stuff that comes after high we school. We have a like, story unlike anyone else. There's, I, I will put my life savings, which is not a lot, 
Um, <laughs> thank you, Sundance Square. Oh, stop. <laughs> Shout to... out. <laughs> SB. Just kidding. No. Just um, kidding. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that, too. That's a whole yeah, other episode. Yeah, it's a while. Um, that there's not a single couple on the planet that has a story like ours. And that's part of the reason why God has called us to, to share our experiences because they're so unique. Yes. Um, we've dealt with a lot, a lot, a lot. So we'll start with just talking about how we met. We met when he was 13, or I was 13. He was just had just turned 14. 14, yeah. And uh, we met in school kind of-ish. Yeah, we kind of knew each other. We knew of each other. He actually met, he knew of me because I was wearing this pink furry jacket and the skating Ooh, ring. That... I'm going to buy her one of those jackets again. <laughs> I yeah, said, I said, my number I said, hey. Hey, she's rolling around. I can picture her right now. I was right by the concession stand. Yeah, I was about to leave. Around. I told my buddy, I said, I'm going to ask for her number. Said, hey, uh, can I get your number? And I got the hardest eye roll. <laughs> what did I say? And I still get that eye roll did to I this day. No, not a word. Not a peep came out of her mouth. But the hardest eye roll I've ever seen in my life just, ugh, like. Why do girls do that? We want the guy to call us or to say ask for our number, and then we're like, "Oh, because I knew Ew. I knew you wanted me." Yes, right? <laughs> I did, I did. But I'm like, why did I say no? But if I had said yes, then it it would not have transpired. The way well, she, then she went on to. I date would have my never best dated friend, your best so. friend if you would have asked for my number. You know, <laughs> if I would have said yes. But he died, and she's my wife now. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Johnny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We are dealing Can with. Can I some edit bad. that out, man? Good grief! <laughs> okay, we're just making light of something. Okay, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. So we met, and you know, I knew of him because you know I did date his best friend for just a little bit, but you know, I saw him with the long hair, and he was the bad boy, and like that's what I drew to. Yeah. But I met him at oh, thirteen, why? very innocent, having any idea that people actually lived, like bad lives well i don't think anyone even not even school administration knew how hard i had it you can't process. You know, i hit it pretty well i hit it pretty well but um you you dive into your baggage first a little bit because so my baggage really the biggest piece of baggage i have is my parents being divorced but even then that was normal like that wasn't abnormal i grew up in a christian home i have a letter from the um pastor when they dedicated me so like when I was very very little like brand new so I have that and I my parents were divorced when I was like six or seven I don't remember how old I was but that was the hardest part of my life was my parents being divorced and that was very hard for me to process and I had to process that a lot like as when I was younger but I had a perfect life plan for myself I was planning for the future like going to TCU (laughs) being a lawyer and a doctor and I was gonna marry a rich man and have all these kids (laughs) and I was gonna be you know I was gonna stay home with my kids too you married a poor man and all you've got closest to TCU is that you live next to it (laughs) no we drive by when we door dash (laughs) like hey yeah look what could have been I literally think that every time we pass it, like legitimately, I pass it. <laughs> no, now. we literally say we like these kids don't understand how 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 good they have it. No, they, they don't. don't. They, they should be they're so just gra- walking around the class like they should nothing. be so grateful. They should be so grateful they get that opportunity. And I, I know Emily's like, man. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, that was my life. I, I was planning for the future, and I was gonna save myself for marriage, and I was gonna be like this perfect person, and. I wasn't going to be perfect, but I had a perfect life in my mind. And then I yeah. met Kristoff. 
which changed the trajectory of my entire life. Yeah, I'd say that, yeah, definitely. Um, we definitely didn't have planned what happened. No, all. because when I met him, I had no idea that I was going to marry him. Like I, like, I envisioned my whole life, but when I met him, it wasn't like... Yep, I'm going to get married to this guy. <laughs> 13. Yeah, like, I'm marrying this, this Like, did, when you met me, did you think, I'm going to marry her? No, but that comes with the baggage that I still carry to this day that I just, I didn't think about the future at all. You uh, live for the now. I still do. And um, I, he doesn't live for the now, like, in a positive way. No, it's like, I'm just trying to survive because my childhood was just riddled with drug abuse in the house. I was on drugs. Um... My mother's on drugs, my grandmother's on drugs, my uncle's on drugs, my grandfather's on drugs. Like You didn't know your father. I don't know my biological father. No, I don't know. Um, I do have a, a, a dad figure who raised me up until a certain age, and they divorced. Um, you know, unfortunately, because he wasn't my biological father, that kind of caused some issues. Uh, shout out to my mom for uh, making everything hard in my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it was like, hey, you can go visit dad, and then he go visit dad, and then she'd be and like, nine one one, hey, yeah. um, he kidnapped my son. Yeah, yeah. So this just that started the trauma, right? Yeah. That uh, you know, I lost the only father figure in my life, and you know, it's no fault of his. It's it's that's my mother's, and you know, we have a relationship now. Shout out pops, you know, my kids love you. Um, but. Yeah, and then physical abuse that I received. Um, that to this day, even if I talk to my mother, I know she would deny it. She always has, but Emily's seen it. Um, she saw it very, very early on, probably four days into us hanging out. We probably weren't even dating. Yes, it was the night that you asked me to be your girlfriend. Yeah. We were um, sitting on this hill. And we had kissed so much that night at 13. I mean, the, what were we doing? We were so crazy. Our parents had no idea. And then his mom like comes up with this bandana in her hair on her head and these camo pants. It. She had the camo pants on. And she was flipping out. Like, she was so mad at you for, like, hanging out with me. Like, it not was with the me. Drugs. Yeah, but, like, she was so mad, like, as if she was, like, a caring parent. She was not. She just wanted to stir, like, stir up some ruckus just to freaking do it. I don't know. Yeah, anything to strip away my happiness. And he said, get away, Mom. And she's like, get it back in the house. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she was some, just. <laughs> you know, some colorful language. Yes, and he was like, and I was like, bro, I would never talk to my mom or dad like that. What but, is going yeah, on? Uh, I had known at that point, you know, I, I do what I want because there's no parent figure um, in the house all the time. Um if you're even awake because yeah. you're just, you know, doped up. Yeah, so. But that was my normal. And, you know, I carry that baggage today still because I just live for the now. I'm just trying to survive. When bad things happen to me, I find a way to just go hide or something. And, and I still do it. Everyone has baggage, whether it's something like physical abuse, drug abuse, or like me, like just my parents being divorced and that being hard. And so everyone brings that into their relationships and it can affect things like um, how you treat your spouse, how oh, you yeah. raise your children, how you speak, even like him, like he grew up in a household that said a lot of cuss words and like every other word is a cuss word. And he's way better today than he was when we met. But just even that alone, you bring that into our marriage and our relationship. And yeah, because that was a normal Yeah. And so like it was just normal for him. It's like going to a different country and you're like, oh, you guys do this. I didn't. 
that, that's culture shock. Yeah, yeah. And I go to your house. I'm like, you guys don't do this. Yeah, what? y'all don't hit each other to show you love each other. What? <laughs> okay, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it was it's just normal for me. Um, and when that's normal for you, when someone tells you to stop or you can't do that. I mean, it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like actual confusion. It was, yeah, and, and that may not be received well on the other end because you're normal is what, it may be what society deems as normal or it's just a completely different thing. And you're like, you're stupid. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and like getting defensive and upset because you yeah. think that like, like, why is that wrong? And I'm just out here blatantly confused. Like, this is not how y'all live life. So from my parents getting a divorce, one of the biggest things that I deal with today still, not as bad, but I do is fearing that like he is going to cheat on me. And I brought that into our marriage and I caused lots of issues and still can still cause issues over it. But like just the fear that, you know, because my parents got divorced, uh, I'm pretty positive it was from product of cheating. And then my mom married again and got cheated on. And like every relationship she was in, she was cheated on. And And even I've seen it, you know, because we've been together so so long. Yeah. So So like to where he's bringing in like physical abuse and stuff like that, like not like that's not what he's doing, but like that was the baggage (laughs) that he dealt with, like physical abuse and he's not hitting the physical abuse and like the cussing and the, you know, like the drug abuse, like those are the things that he dealt with as a child and like had to cope with and deal with once we got married. I always had this fear that he was cheating on me. And so like I brought that into our marriage and that was, you know, even when he wasn't doing it, it made him defensive and made him upset because he didn't understand. Still not, still not doing it. Yeah, still not doing <laughs> it. Never doing it. Never he hitting, never, never cheating. He was never doing <laughs> <laughs> Someone's calling 911 right now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, we're going to turn this hey, podcast Hey, this off. podcast made it one episode. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both in jail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... I mean, just regardless, it doesn't matter. I didn't mean to say it like no, that. That's you're good, not baby. what you're I meant. Good, okay. Good. But so we both bring things into our mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the camera off real quick. <laughs> ah, I'm scared. I'm no. just kidding. No, for real. Yeah, that was. <laughs> now I just can't stop laughing. Yeah, well, I have that effect on you, so. Stop. I'm and, so funny. and the Starbucks workers, he makes them laugh too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes, yeah, but that's baggage. You that's know? baggage. That right there is me projecting like what I fear. Like because I'm know, just funny and he's you know, just funny and people like laugh and like Emily's like I dare one of you females to laugh at my husband. Make me so. I'm not. Mad. Gonna, she's not gonna do nothing to the females. She's just gonna take it out on me. But <laughs> not physically though. No, no, not physically. No, she's just gonna be really silent and not talk. <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, so we always bring baggage to relationships, rather it be something very minor, like you know, dealing with divorced parents and like just always fear that you know you you're going to be cheated on or you're going to be abandoned or whatever it is and then yeah. it could be something larger like you know you dealt with physical abuse and you you know it makes you not be able to love like dealing with those things made it to where it's hard for you to love oh yeah i do not one i don't receive love very very well if i do he hates being touched i don't like being touched at all and, and i think I that may be a little bit kiss. from you know because i went to therapy i paid money for that you know, yeah. um, it has to do with the physical abuse. It does. Um, he hates being touched. He like, for me, I want to show love by hugging and kissing. And yeah, I wasn't in a lovey dovey home. Like my home life was not huggy kissy. But well, you also, this will be another episode, but your love language has changed over the 13 years we've been together. 
You know, yeah, well, when we now, were younger, it was like gifts, 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 gifts. And I was so good at that. I oh was my the God. He bought best. me a super burrito, no olives, some taco casa. Like every day, religiously, you yes. know, but, uh, but it's changed over the years. And, you know, we've had to navigate that too. Like I, it's something I hate. I can't stand it. But you know what? If a foot rub at the end of the day is all I got to do to, you know, bridge that gap then i do it you know i don't like being touched i don't like touching i just (laughs) but we figure it out yes and i think that too it's hard for me like because i'm hugging him kissing on him loving on him and i'm not understanding why he's standoffish and like i don't want to be touched because then i feel like oh he doesn't love me but really he just he just does he can't do love that way and it really could be because you are just, you know, you've only been loved physically in a very, very harsh way and not yeah. in a loving way. And well, I don't just... even think I was loved, you know. Maybe, maybe deep down because a mother, you know, loves their kids no matter what I think. But but it's like, you tell me you love me 30 minutes after you hit me, you know. So yeah, I like... have a very confusing idea of what, what love looked like. I'm figuring it out every day now between you being married with you and and raising our kids because when I see those kids man I you know and you know it's weird I've never thought this but uh I'm about to cry <laughs> oh he's already crying he knew that he was gonna cry yeah, during this baggage episode he I did it. um but when I see those kids man I just it the being affectionate like I could just love the kids forever and I think it's because I may have, you know, I didn't get the childhood and I'm living out my dream by giving them a childhood that they can remember and look back on and think, man, my parents loved me. Yeah. And they, and that's the sad part that there was a period in time where your parents did genuinely love you and then choices like drugs and things like that played a factor in changing who they were and, um, then of course that's when it flipped and you wish I think you love them fiercely because you wish that that's the love that you would have given so you do everything in your power to show them the love oh yeah my kids will never go a second without I, I mean you can testify to this that I probably annoy them I'm like hey hey I love you <laughs> so I just oh, Jess, like love you too dad yeah love you dad like you just told me that <laughs> But but on that note, like how you raise your kids differently because of how you grew up, like, you know, the baggage that you bring regardless, you know, depending on what your childhood was like is going to determine how you're going to parent. And for me, I parent very gently, I would say, in a way, because I most of the things just aren't big deals to me. And it's because yeah. growing up, I didn't have very strict parents. My dad was a little bit more strict, but I didn't live with him. So my life was very... Like, you know, just chill, just do as you need, you know, obviously don't do anything terrible. I very rarely got in trouble growing up, but I just, you know, just do the right thing. And that's how I parented. But then, you know, he was parented way differently. Because I think your parents set that baseline of behavior. Like, this is what we do. And it was just understood. I never had a baseline of behavior. It yeah, was and when just you think of that kid in class, all. that kid in class that always acts out and always is getting in trouble and going to the office. Yeah. That was that kid more than likely had something going on. You know at home. what? Like, if you're a teacher and you're watching this, yeah. Because I know I got some friends that are teachers, and you know what I was like as a kid. Just know that there's always a root cause to something. If something is going on, that kid is not fully developed. 
that kid is is struggling with something. So, you know, that's just a little reminder I want to put out there. Love that kid because he probably needs it. Yeah, because that's probably the only love that he's getting. Or she. You know, that's probably the only that's love right. at school. And, and that is that is their getaway. You know, kids, normal kids get to go home and they get to decompress, you know, at home, play some video games. But you know what? My, my school of all places was my decompression. And you know what? I spent most of it in, in school suspension or alternative placement. So... There was a period in time, though, too, when we had this discussion prior to having kids that I, you know, feared that knowing how he was raised, you know, how he talked was talked to, how he did talk, but how he was talked to, how he was disciplined, that that may roll over into us having kids. And I told him, if you don't feel like you can discipline our children in the appropriate way, then I don't want you disciplining mm-hmm. our kids as far as like physical abuse, things like that. And he's never, ever, ever given me a reason to think that he would be physically abusive to me or our children. But there was a time where I was like, I never want you, I never want you touching our kids because not any fault of your own, but you didn't know what a regular spanking was. You didn't know what like, I mean, for you, a spanking was hitting you with the belt until, you know, their arm got tired or punching a door or whatever it may be right by your face, right by your parents' face. Like that's what you were used to. So I feared that for a little while. And then of course now I have no reason to fear that. You never give me a reason to think no. that that's happening. No, but you know, that's a, that's, and you know, that's something that made me mad too. Cause I would be like, you know, I would never, you know, I would never, but you know, that comes from not understanding my baggage or understanding where I came from or yeah, and but really though, did your mom grow up being like, when I get older, I'm gonna abuse my kids? No, no, it was the drugs for sure. It yeah. still is, but um, but whenever you get into a relationship with uh, the type of baggage or any kind of childhood trauma that I deal with, the other person is gonna have fears because you're you're not the societal norm. You're not what people even look at like as a possibility. You know, you don't think about someone's childhood trauma whenever you're getting married at all. Yeah, it's like, you don't. what what point did I know you from? Like, you probably should have talked about it, uh, but that's why we, we're doing this episode. You have to be communicating these, these baggages. If yes. you're not communicating, then the other person is not aware. And that's the number one key to resolving the baggage is to just, what do, you, what do you do when you get home from vacation? You know, if you're like us, you leave it in the in the suitcase for like another <laughs> two <weeks. laughs> another two weeks just because yeah. you don't want to do the laundry. But you take it all out and you put it in its designated place. Yes. And yeah. we believe that with this and prayer, that is its designated place. God is going to take it and He's going to going to use it. You know, as a as building blocks for your relationship, as communicating goes. You know, trust trust builds mm-hmm. with communicating. I think your love gets stronger because you understand the person on a more deeper level too. Like you knowing everything that I've been through, I think you love me exponentially more because you know I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a pity love either. It's like a, you didn't ever get to have that love. And I, to this day, still have to um, think about the fact that nothing that he does 
some of the stuff he does, maybe he does intentionally, <laughs> but most of what he does, how he reacts, the words he uses, the way he gets flustered about things that, you know, he maybe shouldn't get flustered about and gets upset about things. Like just for instance, starting this podcast today, this was not working and we're praying that it's working right now, but it wasn't working. And he left the room and he like went and like got like a decompressor and I'm like, Bro, I'm still in here dealing with this thing. But the way he acts and the way he does things, more than likely, 99% of the time are never at me. It's never about me. It's never what I'm doing. It's just how he reacts to things. It's how he deals with things. It's a result of the trials that you've been through. And it's hard. I don't do this well, but I need to do better, especially now, loving him through the hard stuff, loving yeah. him when he's doing those things and knowing that it's not a personal thing, even if it comes across personal, it's not personal. Yeah, because even if it is personal, because sometimes, you know, in relationships we hurt each other, but none of you, not, we're not, none of us are married to perfect people. We, they don't exist. It's so weird talking about this because I feel like I'm talking about it like in the sense that only you have baggage, but it's hard when two people with very, very different lives get together. Yeah. And I'm not saying that me fearing that he was cheating on me was not a big factor because it still to this day is. And up until a little while ago was like something that was very, very prominent. He had never given me a reason to fear that he would ever do anything yeah. with somebody else while we were together. And so it was like, I mean, that was a big, big stressor because he could look at somebody and I automatically assume because my dad does this thing, not trying to call you out, dad. He thinks it's hilarious. He'll be talking to me on the phone and he'll be like, yeah, da, da, da. and then he'll start whistling. Oh my gosh, look at that girl on the street. <laughs> he does she it because he, does it cause he yeah. knows he's bothering you. And he's you. doing it to bothering me. So when we're walking or we're driving and Christoph even glances in a direction where somebody may be, all I think to myself is he's going, Whoo, look at that girl. She's looking good because that's... And I'm a very observant person too. And he does. He observes just, in the way of security, because, yeah, not in reserve. Work, yeah, yeah, not in the way of he's looking at that girl and wants to think that she's hot. Like, look at that girl's shorts. Like, that's what my dad would do. And he thinks it's funny and it is funny, whatever. But that instilled so much trauma in my mind because I thought, oh my gosh, he... That's what men do. That's what men do. And even, I mean, we were talking about this earlier about, you know, uh, Conor McGregor, how he, yeah, you know, I was, so you were saying, oh, she, he definitely cheats on her. Like, it's just a like known Like, it's thing. a known thing, yeah. And it's, I'm like, why would she stay with somebody? Because like, oh, they're the still money. not married, too. Yeah, they're not even married. She stuck it out with him when they were on food stamps. And he's cheating yeah. on her and she's staying for the money. And I'm like, why is that so normal? Why did we talk about that? Like, oh, it's normal. He, yeah, he cheats. Yeah. People well, got different normals. That's not normal though. That isn't normal and no, it shouldn't yeah. be normal. What we It shouldn't be normalized, we'll say. Yeah, the society should stop normalizing men and women cheating like it's nothing. Yeah. You, my, my dad shouldn't be making that comment and it might not upset my stepmom, but he shouldn't just be making that comment like it's funny and a joke because it's really not funny because it, literally caused me to be like messed up like truly yeah and then sometimes i I take a step back and i think because even even the the love i'm giving the kids right is it too much like am i causing another set of you know baggage for them yeah like i don't ever want to be that mother am i too that, overbearing like, am too, i yeah i don't ever want to be that parent that's too overbearing that like the or, mother-in-law that won't leave you know the are, kid alone. are your fears uh of the cheating because you saw cheating 
gonna cause another set of baggage down the line you know and but i think yeah because it's got to stop here like it has to stop yeah, right now so that my daughter doesn't decide. do that you have to decide hey yeah. this is not this is not happening anymore we wholeheartedly believe that that the only way to do that is through this book and a relationship with jesus christ um but you know hopefully we have some people on this podcast or watching this podcast that that aren't believers this is a safe place for for everyone we love we love all of you no matter what no we don't care what you look like what you you like what you love what you don't love you could have a a gay relationship gay marriage baggage is gonna be prevalent in a christian relationship a, a atheist relationship agnostic we don't care Baggage doesn't care. Uh, so these helpful tips are, are for you. You know, um, we we want you guys to, to turn to the Lord. Um, that's our main goal. Uh, but we also, a sub, sub from that is we just want to help build lasting relationships because that's uh, something in, in society that has been normal. 50% of divorces or marriages end in divorce. And, you and know, that's something like that's seven, seven percent of high school relationships like start a marriage and like 50 percent of those divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, three point five percent of high school relationships like that... stay going. And I promised you that him and I are not here because we uh, have a perfect relationship. A year ago, we went to a marriage conference with the mindset that. If this marriage conference doesn't change something in our hearts, we are divorcing. Yeah. I mean, I was Googling divorce lawyers and how can I do it cheaply because I didn't have money. In yeah. Did he. Yeah. And it, it and I think it's mainly because we didn't communicate well. We didn't talk about what was going on and, you know, the baggage that we have. It's it's festered and caused long term issues. Uh, but we're in a better place because of Jesus and because we we pray and we talk about that baggage. I I make it known the the things that I'm dealing with because of the childhood trauma. And I did that, you know, through through therapy that I went to. Um, but that was kind of like a thing that we talked about. It was evident. Like I needed a professional. Yeah, to help him just talk through it. And there is nothing wrong nothing with therapy wrong with it, no. and counseling. There's nothing wrong. I don't go to a therapist. I do call my father though about things like in our marriage because my dad is very, very good at giving like Unbiased. my mom my mom gives biased opinion, you know, advice because <laughs> yeah. she loves me and wants the best for me and I appreciate that. So I know when I go to my mom what I'm gonna get and I know when I go to my dad what I'm gonna get. And yeah. neither of the ways that they do it is wrong. But it's like one's for comfort and one is for, yeah, you know, one is to tell me advice. what I want to hear because I am really mad. And then I call my dad to talk me off the ledge because yeah, right. I know he's going like, you know to, you out. know who to call last. Yeah. But there's know? nothing wrong with having to get help. And he, for a long time, refused therapy. Well, like, you know, 13 uh, years he, re- he just went to therapy. Let me speak to the men. You are not weak for talking about your feelings. You know, that's, that's another baggage actually. He was raised, this is just from what oh, I know. Oh, you he better not explore. cry. You better not cry. You better not yeah, show He it. was raised that if you were, you know, crying or upset about something, like quit being a little girl. Like stop being a little girl. Yeah. You're being like a little wimp. Yeah. And you know what? You know, I, I have a little bit of that in me still because I tell my son, stop crying all the time. Yeah, and sometimes I'm always, like, bro, don't. And yesterday yeah. he did better about it, and then I got mad about it. It was so silly. <laughs> well, I tried to tell him that there is a reason. There are reasons to cry, necessary reasons to cry. Uh, you know, whenever you're 
your video game shuts off or Quinn hits the Xbox button. But him, even him trying to coach Jack on what is the good reason to cry. There's a Jack fine is, line there. Jack is very emotional. And Jack wants to be upset about things. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It, now, there's a point where it's like, okay, stop crying. It's time to calm down. Time to calm but down. But stop crying. You're being a little baby. You're being a little girl. Those were things I can assure you he was told because he mm-hmm. does that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you can't. Oh, gosh. It just it yeah. irritates me, but it's it's not your fault at all, and I know that. No, yeah, but that's just what you were told. So having those, fe- it is okay to have those. Fe- it is okay for your son to cry about something. It is okay for you to cry about something. It's okay for you yeah. to be upset about something. It's okay that you need to talk to someone. Yeah, to let be your like, kids see you cry. It, it it shows vulnerability, and that's that's a superpower. You know, being able to be vulnerable, I think, is is one of the best things you can do in your life. Yeah, and if, even if that means not talking to your dad or your mom or someone that you know you're close with that knows your story, if, if that means going to a stranger that is literally has a degree in being able to coach you on yeah. how to deal with those things, that even that speaks volumes. You know, I, through therapy and through all of that, uh, all the childhood trauma, I've had to pray a lot, and you know, I had this revelation that if the Savior of the universe wept and he cried, what makes me think that I can't? Yeah, because I cry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cry all the time, and I'm not ashamed if the savior of, of this Sometimes universe, I'm like, when is the last time I cried? Well, I'm about to cry today. Let's just go in the closet and cry two real weeks, quick. I'm going to cry today. Yeah, if to the cry. Savior of the universe cried, I, I have no no... No way that I I can't, you know. He he wasn't afraid to show emotion. And there's no way that I should be. Yep. So all of you believers out there, all the men that are believers, I want you to 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 sit on that and pray about that because that's gonna that's a lot of baggage for men. And that might be a lot of men are carrying getting that. vulnerable with your wife. That might it might not be like physically crying, but it might be. You know what? All those things that my dad told me growing up that I was a wimp if I got upset. Like, no, because you could be like upset and you could be like harboring these things that are affecting your marriage um, because you don't just go to your wife and say, hey, this is bothering me. I am upset about this. It's, you know, you hurt my feelings or whatever it may be. How much intimacy is that building to? Like, how how good is that for you whenever I talk to you about the Um, feeling, you know? I feel like it's probably better for other people than yeah. it is for me personally, but I would much but rather you I would much rather you communicate things to me and not like attacking like, hey, you did this, but communicate this yeah. is how I feel than to be angry and holding things against me and upset with me about little things because it's really those big things that you're holding from me that are that causing are causing that. bigger Yes. They're like rifts. Mm-hmm. You know, one little thing, it, it, it'll lead into three other things. Yes, because most of marriages, like what about baggage that we um, create in our marriage, like in the beginning? Most of our problems are things that we just hold on to forever. Mm-hmm. Like up until last year, I think we're, uh, look, there's a squirrel with a little acorn. Sorry, <laughs> squirrel moment, but there's like a legit squirrel. It's I'm so the one cute. with ADHD. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was so cute. But most of the things that we have in our marriage, like up until recently for us is little, like we had a big, huge, ginormous rug that we literally just put stuff underneath. And so we would get in an argument like, hey, you know, 
you hurt my feelings with the way you talked to me earlier. And then it's like, oh, really? Well, remember that last time whenever you said that one mm-hmm. word? And then it's like, good Lord. And then we're just going down this path of arguing and unpacking. arguing about. Yes, we're unpacking, unpacking all that baggage you're that every, even, you're not even You're like, hold on, like, let me reach in here. I know, yeah, I know oh, there's like, something. Yeah, remember that one thing you hurt my Look feelings? Well, this hurts my feelings worse than what I just did to you. Yep. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So, But we, if you're unpacking that baggage as you argue collect it yes. as you collect it there's nothing to go back and be like let me reach back here oh. yes dealing with the baggage when it's happening or even just a little bit after not dealing with it when you're arguing and because it's okay that's to what take some do. time too yeah. i struggle with that a lot i like to fix things immediately yes he does and he's like let's of the fix it and i'm trauma. like he's like why aren't you talking back i'm yeah. like because i just need a minute and you're not letting guys me. if you're if your your wife or you know husband needs some space um just give it to him. <laughs> I think that the term never go to bed angry is used very um, like specifically and it shouldn't be specific because yeah. I think that just means like don't let things just fester over a long period of time. I don't think it means physically going to bed at nighttime angry because oh, I'm a very literal person. I will flip those lights on. Yeah. Like for <laughs> like some people like a very literal don't go to bed angry. But for like me personally, I feel like our best resolute like resolutions and our problems that have happened is because we went to bed and we woke up the next day and, and our we heart rate was down and we were like why were, why we, were we mad even... that was so dumb that was so dumb so i am a firm believer that going to bed angry just should be used and it's you know sometimes it might be okay you know sometimes it is okay but Don't... you get in that bed with your spouse still you know, you don't, don't sleep run, on the couch. You don't be running off. Don't sleep on the couch. You're married. You stick it out. Yeah, you work don't it fall out. asleep with their son. And oh, I'd be doing that on accident. <laughs> no, that's I'd just, do that. just a joke. I get so tired, and I gotta go put Jack to bed, and then next thing you know, it's midnight, and I'm like, oh man, I guess I, I should go. Fell asleep in here. <laughs> I guess I should go get in my own bed. Yeah, that is. We literally just. He has ADHD. Can you tell? But the key to to baggage is communication communicate it talk about it it. when you meet someone you need to be like this is my life story and that's part of dating we never really got to do that but that's part of dating you talk talk about that hard stuff talk about what you dealt with as a child and that's where I think like therapy would be good for like a couple. It's harder for us because uh-huh. we have kids. Because a have professional the ability, can help you bring that out. Because yes, talking about even it before you... it festers into you know you're cussing all the time, and I think you're cussing at me, and you're really not. You're just it's just a normal you're, yeah. You're just but yes, a professional will help you mediate. Yes, you know, and there's there's resources that we've found through XO, which is the marriage conference that we 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 attend yearly. That mediating um, is not just mediating divorces. It's like... You know, not sponsored, but, you know, EXO saved our marriage, and we believe it's it's possible to save anyone's marriage. That ministry is, is amazing. So they have EXO mediation, um, if if you guys want to check that out. And there's there's couples therapists that mm-hmm. they can help bring those issues out and teach you how to talk about them. Yes, because I think we don't... We feel like we did everything, but we really didn't because yeah. just us talking about us both being on the emotional aspect of the baggage, there was no way we were going to be able to talk about these things like together and like fix things just you and I. Well, also because I was taught, you know, you don't talk about these yeah, things. Yeah, you don't so. talk about it because you're a girl if you're crying. Yeah. And honestly, this is like a kind of therapy for us because I don't talk 
Yeah, because it's good for us to talk about. I feel like, you know, yes, we're hoping that you listening to us is going to help you build a better marriage. Mm -hmm. But also, him and I, this is a big deal to be able to talk about these things without arguing. Because we're not going to argue on this podcast. So (laughs) us being able to talk about this. We might. We might argue. (laughs) Just to show you how it's really done. (laughs) Yeah. We might be able to talk about this without arguing and like be able to just talk it out. And I hope that him and I walk away from this with a better understanding of each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we hope that it uh, does help. Yeah. And if you guys are already married, uh, because, you know, we've already received some messages. If you guys are already married and. And you feel like you need, you have some stuff that you need to communicate. I, I just encourage you guys to just sit down, or if there's only one party that is watching, which might be happening, because I know how men are. Men, men don't like to fix problems. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna listen to someone tell me how to have a good marriage. Yeah, wives, if you're there and, and it's your husband, um, I'm just speaking from a man point. Just tell him, hey. This is something I think we struggle with. I don't want to argue. I just want to talk. And if things start to get too bad or, you know, you see it going down a road, just I encourage you guys then to just be self-aware. Step away. Step away a little bit and say, hey, let's revisit this. Uh, but this is something I want to tackle because I want a lasting relationship with you. Yeah, I want because it to Because be I want a good example for our children. Yeah. Because I, I said till death do us part and I meant it. But that means doing your part. And your part means communicating what you're feeling and um, understanding the other person Mm -hmm. and accepting their baggage and helping them work through it however they need to do it, not in the way you think that it should be done. Yeah. And you're going to argue. Trust me. You've got to study. You will deal with it in a very toxic way potentially at first, but I hope that practice makes perfect. Yes. You know, you've got to study your person. I picked Emily, you know, this is my wife. I should know her. I should know. I I should be able to see when she's getting upset or, you know, because I study. But that doesn't mean that men read our minds. Trust me. They don't read our mind. We still have to. Cannot expect anyone to read what's in here, but you know, body language and things like that is what I'm talking about. And you, you should be able to see those things. You might not be able to read their mind, but I think that he may still potentially struggle with this a little bit. Cause like mm-hmm. even just yesterday, it was just like, well, you were upset and you weren't saying <laughs> anything. And I'm like, that should have showed you like, I'm really yeah, upset. Like you I'm need some really space. upset and I need a minute. You're never going to get it right all the time. Uh, but it's, you know, the, the little strides you're, you're making your way, you're making your way, little baby steps. You're making your way. Any, any positive change you make is going to make positive changes throughout the the, the entirety of, of the relationship. So just keep that in mind, guys. And you know what? We thank you guys for joining us on our first podcast. Yeah, I hope this is good. I feel like it's glitchy, but it's okay. We are working. Yeah, we're it. rolling we're with it, it, you know, because when, when God called us to do this, we thought, no way. Our relationship we isn't perfect. Okay, are, well, he doesn't care. We are technologically illiterate. Yeah, it's okay. We, so- and you know what? Before we go... Oh, Thank you, Tyler. Tyler, Emily's brother. We, then none of this would have been possible without him. Not. You know, shout out to the non-believers out there. Tyler, we love you. Thank oh, you for the the equipment yes. suggestions. He put it all on an Amazon. He said he wasn't going to listen to this because he likes funny podcast. But I hope that he listens. But he knows he I'm funny, so yeah. you know. 
thank you for everything you did for us, Tyler. We love you, and and we're just grateful that even as a non-believer, look at you. You're working through ministry. Yeah, you don't even realize don't the even impact realize that you just had on so many marriages. <laughs> so many marriages. Because you helped us buy this equipment, like told us the right stuff. You taught us how to run it, like truly. Yep. But, okay. Helped us with chat GPT, is it what it's called? To write our Oh, he wrote intro- our interest. You're, you would have heard that in the beginning. Like, if you hear that, like, just know that that was. Thank you, Tyler. Thank, thank you, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm going to say a prayer before we get okay. out of this. Yeah. And yeah, okay. Bow your heads, everybody. Close your eyes. God, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you that you are in the middle of this, even when the devil is trying to tear it apart by causing super big mountains before, including the, you know, system and the audio and all of that. But Lord, we thank you for being in the center of it and taking control because we know that our marriage isn't perfect and through our trials and tribulations that we are going to help other people realize that their marriage isn't perfect, but it is worth it. Thank you, Lord, for baggage. And I pray that we all get better, including Christoph and I, at unpacking the baggage and dealing with the baggage, you know, as it comes and not later on down the road when it gets hard. So thank you, Lord. It is in your name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Yay. Episode one. Peace out. (laughs) 